You are a storyteller, and you're both the main character and the author of your story. Are you ready to pick up the pen and decide how your story goes? Welcome to the Rewriting Myth Podcast, where we use mindset, spirituality, myths, legends, and history to craft your personal mythology and spark a paradigm shift from within. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the podcast. I am very excited that you're here today because I have a treat for you. This episode is going to be the first one where I have a guest on the show. Now, if you have been with me for a few years or you have kind of seen the past iterations of me and expressions of me that I've kind of put out online, then you know that I've actually had a podcast before. And in all of these different Well, Taylor Swift is really huge right now and her concert and all of that. And so I'm thinking of the word eras. So in my past couple of eras, my favorite activity to do was to be able to sit down and record a podcast, whether it was with a guest or just having a one-on-one kind of conversation like I'm doing with you here now. And I loved being able to do that because anytime that I have these one-on-one episodes, I just imagine that you are on the other side of my microphone and you're sitting here having a cup of coffee with me Like I'm even moving my hands around like I would if I was having a regular conversation with hand gestures and just kind of um, really getting into the moment when it comes to that conversation and being really engaged. And so, like I've said before, I'm thrilled to be back and doing this, but also I want to sprinkle in a few episodes where I am having conversations with other people just because as much as I love being able to chat with you one-on-one like we're doing right now with, you know, me in your earbuds... I love being able to have a few episodes where you can kind of be a little bit of a fly on the wall and hear a conversation. And for me, something happens when I listen to a conversation in a podcast. I'm able to kind of go about my day or be able to listen in and and really pick up some things that maybe the two hosts weren't talking about particularly, but something that they said sparked something within me. It reminded me of something or it made a light bulb go off that may or may not always have something to do with exactly what they're talking about. And I hope that you can experience that today in this conversation. So I'm thrilled to have this episode with Catherine be the first conversation episode that you'll hear on this podcast because she is one of my coaches and mentors. And I kind of went back and forth thinking about whether I should have her on the show or not or whatever, uh, just because I'm like, oh, that feels very intimate to have one of my mentors be able to kind of come on the show and really kind of dig into anything that I possibly would be working on or something like that. And When I had that thought, that was my trigger to be like, yep, okay, that's probably the sign that you should, just because I think that being able to witness somebody else's growth or be able to witness even a conversation where you can hear somebody talk about their before or talk about themselves before they started really being able to take that courage on to be able to embody who they truly are and then being able to see the side of the conversation where they are after where they are being able to embody who they want to become and doing all the things in the world that they want to do. I think that's really incredibly valuable because for me, anytime that happens when I hear it, I think of it as so inspirational. Another reason that I wanted to bring her onto the show was just because she was an example of what was possible in the sense of being able to have two very different versions of yourself come together in 
a combination that's that's way more potent than just the sum of its parts. And that's really how I view archetypes within us and personality traits within us and things like that. And so obviously on this show, we talk a lot about being able to express who you are, no matter what sides that you have. And so Catherine was a really great example for me because she's very focused on business, of course, but also like very focused on spirituality and just all sorts of things kind of culminating together to be the most potent version of herself. And and so that helped inspired me to do the same thing. As you know, and as I've talked about on the show before, I used to be a career coach. Well, way back in the day, I used to be in the fashion corporate world. Then I moved into career coaching because I hated my corporate fashion job so much. And I wanted to help people be able to transition out of jobs that they hated. And that was really great. And that was the first iteration of this podcast. But there was still a part of me missing. But I didn't think it fit in neatly with the career coach side of me. It didn't fit in neatly with the mindset that I was talking about or things like that. The part of me that was missing was that link between now and the past, that bridge between ancient wisdom and modern day scenarios and being able to look into stories and mythology and religion and seeing how that plays out in our lives in the modern day. I didn't think that end mindset and self-development had any sort of correlation whatsoever. And the type of world that we live in basically requires us to fit in neatly into the different boxes that we put ourselves into, into the binary, like we talked about in the last episode. I knew that there were these two different silos of my expression. There were these two different parts of me that wanted to come out, but I never let them come together. And you'll hear a little bit more about that in the episode and the conversation that I have with Catherine. I I joke in the episode that uh, she was an enigma. And the reason that I say that is just because I hadn't seen somebody with two very different but very, very potent sides of themselves come together. And I hadn't seen somebody be able to do that so courageously. And so I hope that this conversation between the two of us, you can see a little bit of her before and after when she started bringing those sides together, a little bit of my before and after when I started bringing the two sides of me together. And I hope that will inspire you to bring together two different parts of you or more, multiple different parts of you to make up who you truly are. So that way you can go throughout your day and express who you truly are without feeling the need to cut out a part of yourself in order to fit into the scenario better, to fit into the circumstances in which you find yourself better. Just because we know how that feels. It feels like very shallow, right? And it feels like we're missing something. And so I hope hearing this conversation will encourage you to bring those parts together. And this will serve as a good segue for next week's episode, where we're going to talk about archetypes and the different sides of us and things like that. We're going to talk about archetypes in ancient mythology from the Greco-Romans, of course, even to a ancient religion called Zoroastrianism, which I'm excited to get into. But we're also going to take a look at archetypes within modern religions and why something like anthropomorphism can help you embody these archetypes that you want to become, blend them together like we're talking about today, and express them going forward. But first, before that episode, let's go ahead and dive in to this one where we're going to talk about a little bit more real world modern examples of being able to craft your own personal mythology in this conversation. Let's go. Because you're kind of an, an enigma and in a lot of different ways. 
we could literally talk about so many different things, but we're just going to talk about like one little slide. <laughs> um, so anyway, I can't wait for everybody listening to be able to get to know Catherine. I am very honored that she's here. I consider her my personal mentor. I have, con- I, the amount of growth that I have had this year is thanks a lot in part to Catherine. And so I will always be grateful to her for that, which is why I'm so very pumped that she's here because she, we could sit here and talk about all sorts of different things. Like I said, she's pretty much an enigma. We could talk about like business. We could talk about like corporate finances. We could talk, we could talk about goddesses, which is what I would love to kind of focus more on. We could talk about visuals. There's literally so many things we could talk about. But uh, before we get into all of that, because today's going to be, like I said, a lot of talking about how we can use uh, previous like myths, like you have done, Catherine, as far as like goddess work and things like that archetypes. I would love to get into how you use archetypes, how you teach archetypes and how um, you kind of use archetypes to just uh, really be able to see yourself in the way that you want to. So those are the types of things that I want to dive into today. But before we do, I'll just, nobody in my audience definitely knows who you are. (laughs) So I'll let you introduce myself because the way that I introduce you, um, it's very probably people are listening like, who the hell is this woman? (laughs) <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to let I'm going to clear the air and I'm going to let you tell kind of like clear that up a little bit and let everybody hear who you are from you. <laughs> there, I'm Catherine Morrison. I am apparently an enigma and I'm I'm a business coach. I help people with their businesses, but a lot of that is in probably what we'll be talking about today. My foundational program is a branding program, which I don't think branding is colors and logos and fonts. I really think it's more like archetypal energy, like your beingness, your essence, and how you're displaying that to the marketplace. And I help people at all different levels. So I also help people with messaging, with scaling. Um, I think I'm a person, I'm guessing maybe the admit thing is because I sort of span, I can talk about like artists and visuals and calibrating visuals and, and energy and goddesses. And I can also talk about like, <laughs> your Vanguard index funds and how to create SOPs in a business as you scale. And so I think for me, it really is having like a a tremendous blend of, I would call it masculine and feminine energetics, right? Like yin and yang energy. Um, And me really integrating that within myself has allowed me to have a much more robust life and business and brand online. Yeah, that masculine and inner or that masculine and feminine energy is something that I think is so incredibly important to talk about for literally any human being that lives on this earth, because we all have those energies within us. And I think we just live in a society where, you know, it's, it's very binary. It's either you can be one or the other. And usually we all want to be the masculine energy. And unfortunately it's very wounded masculine energy and that does no good for anybody. I would love to talk about like how, um, your transformation from maybe kind of being more in the mat because I know from just knowing you that you've been a little bit more in that masculine energy. I would, I think that you're somebody that marries feminine and masculine in a very interesting and unique way. That's very aspirational to a lot of people. I would love to kind of dive into that first. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because for me, I've been thinking about this a lot, like the difference between being feminist and feminine 
which was a, a big transformation for me. Cause even when I was in college, I minored in sociology and I, my, my concentration in sociology was like gender and sexuality. And so I was someone that like understood the patriarchy and understood, right. The way that we're conditioned in society to be a certain way. But it, it was like, it was so deep, like the water I was swimming in that even as someone studying it in college, I didn't see how I was a woman wearing lipstick and a dress, just like really operating from a very masculine place. And masculine, I would define that as it's like strategy and structure and practical. It's, it's all the stuff that sort of keeps the trains running. So I am not, listen, I love me some masculine energetics. So I think some people are like, throw it out the window. I'm like, no, 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 we need both to like make society work. But we've just been in this point in history for say thousands of years where we have repressed feminine energetics. And that's the kind of things that like it's intuition, right? Like it's creativity. It's the muse, right? Artists over time have talked about the muse, right? Like the energies that are just sort of available to us. And it's the things that exist outside of linear space and time. It's really like the, I would think like Shakti, like energy, like all of the, the possibilities of the universe. And as I became deeply aware, probably in the last two years of, oh, like I'm a woman running a successful business, quote unquote, like financially successful, right? But like, it doesn't feel good. It just didn't feel good to run it. And I was like, why is that? And I started doing actually like work in, outside of my business. I started doing work in my marriage to have a better marriage because I realized that like I wanted to have a, a marriage that felt really yummy and juicy, but I was like a little bit bossy and like this is what needs to get done. And like I was in my masculine in my own marriage, right? And then as I learned about like the polarity work and, and things that become possible in relationship dynamics when you when you allow yourself to play in taking a more receptive pole of a relationship, that really allowed me to start seeing one that transformed my marriage. And then I was like, oh, and where are all the places in my business where I'm trying to like shoehorn things to work instead of allowing and being receptive and seeing like almost what my business wants to speak to me, right? And like, let me know and, and creative ideas and flow. Um, and then as I did the work in my marriage, I was like, this just needs to come into my business. This, I mean, it was just a part of me, right? So it just started transforming everything that I was touching in my business. And I was a kid that like growing up, I was, I loved drawing. I loved art. I loved like those types of things. And it sort of just got beat out of me to like, you know, study hard, get the right answer, do the standardized test, go to school. And that's so fucking boring. <laughs> so I would say yeah. that's like an overview of like my experience sort of like starting to play in the, the different, I'd call it like, yeah, feminine energies, the many faces of the goddess we could talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, what's interesting is when you start to be able to notice that and notice how that affects one area of your life for the better, it really affects every single area, like, you know, with your business and then into your marriage and things like that. And so I, everybody who has already listened to the show will know that my, it's just for you, Catherine, my personal um, 
definition, we talk a lot about mythology on this show, um, both cultural and personal. So really mythology is just the study of stories that make up the culture. And so for me, I kind of take that and look more inward and think about personal mythology. So personal mythology really is just the study of the stories we tell ourselves that make up who we are. And I think it's so easy for us to, like you had said, swim in those waters and not even know that we're a fish in water. And that I always think of it like we're, we're fish in water, but we actually have lungs and we've been having trouble breathing the water for so long, but we've been in the freaking water that we don't even know that air is actually better for us, but we're too scared to jump out of the water and breathe fresh air for the first time. And so I would love to kind of, if we could just rewind um, in your own stories, I would love to kind of like dig into just for anybody who is still in the water, who is still breathing the water. And they're like, what the hell is water? <laughs> like, what the hell is air? I didn't even know there was a difference. I'm curious what that looked like for you. Like when you started noticing that you're like, oh shit, I have lungs. Like I need to get out of the water. Like that moment where it's just like, something's off, but I don't know what it is. I would love to kind of like dig into that just so we can build a little bit of foundation. Let's be real. Like I am sure I am still a fish in water in many things that like, I just, it's not even in my awareness that I'm just still in some sort of story. Right. But I I can talk about like my transformation from like where I was even just a handful of years ago up until now, which is like some of the first work I did was like, I have just been taught like, you're, you're an employee and you go to a job and you work a nine to five and you get two weeks off and you should be grateful for those two weeks and you should be grateful to your employer. And I was just like, wait, I've been taught that I should be grateful that like all of these things, like the collective has told me all of these things, but I don't feel good. So it's sort of a little bit like it, noticing where you're sick from the water that you're in. And that was some of the greatest, I mean, I think my greatest transformation has probably been around work and, and business and money and what I thought it took to like have all of those things. Um, and so like me even just being brave enough to strike out on my own and start my own business was for sure going against a lot of the sort of mythology, right? I've been taught by my family about like, how it was great. And we love your LinkedIn title. We love, we love the water you're swimming in. We pat you on the back for it at holiday dinners. Right. And for me to be like, but I, but this water is making me sick. (laughs) Yes. And and so like being willing to look at, it doesn't matter what the collective is telling me. I am connected to myself and I know this isn't right. Right. And so I think it's like, that's one example for me as everyone, how that looks for people might be different. But like after starting my own business, then I took a lot of my beliefs about money and having to work super hard and having to be at your desk all the time. Like it's, it's like no matter where you go, there you are again, right? So like even though then I left the corporate structure, I kept a lot of those beliefs inside of my mind. And then I had to like one, it really does just feel like one by one. It's like old sticky gum on like a bench that's like dried up. And you're like, wait, this is here? Like, can I like scoop this off and just really questioning everything, right? Like really looking at no matter what area of your life you're looking at and saying like, what do I believe to be true? And what do I wish was true? 
And I, you'll find the Delta there every time. And I think for me, some of the money work I did when I started my business was like, I wanted money to feel really fun and playful and money felt hard and money felt like a, a slog and it felt like a thing I had to work for. And I remember that was like some of the biggest money work I've ever done was just like, oh, money, actually, I can decide it comes from creativity I can decide it comes from play. I can decide it comes from a completely different place. It's just the water I've been swimming in for a really long time has treated it with this certain mythology. And that's just not true for me. That's not what I want to be true for me. It can be true for whoever wants to keep that in the collective, but I'm going to like, I'm going to leave that water and go breathe something else. Yes. Yes. So good. And I think too, that just... It's, I think what makes this kind of process so hard is these stories that were, you know, handed down to us about who we are, our place within the world, who our family is and their place within the world, how money works, how society is. It kind of, um, you know, they sink so deeply into, it's like they're almost like imprinted into our bones. So it's like in order to change any of these stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves or we tell ourselves about ourselves within the our place within the world, it's so difficult to do that because that really means like, we have to go so much deeper than just the surface level. Like we have to go and look at our bones. We have to look at our DNA in a sense. Yeah. Right. And I like a lot of the stuff. It's like, it didn't just like appear, right? Like it got yes. past, right. And it's interesting. I've, I've been in like a Tantra program and a lot of, they do like family constellation work and like these seven generations forward, seven generations back and looking at like, can you find some of these beliefs going generations back right and and it is i when i look i'm like oh yes i can see that belief right like four generations ago in my family and that's just been like we just keep passing it on down the line you're like hey here's this like really yucky casserole would you like to eat it i'll give it to the next generation here's this really yucky casserole and, and like then i'm like why am i eating this yucky casserole <laughs> not mine Yes. Yeah. Um, just out of curiosity and, you know, feel free to keep that more private if you'd like. Um, but like that piques my interest a lot, like being able to kind of go back generations and things like that. So for somebody who's listening and being like, how the hell they're all dead. <laughs> how do you do that? Um, how did, what, like, what did that look like for you? Like, how do you go back and do this generational work if you may not have those people here yeah. with you? I mean, I would say, and I mean, this is, we would go off into like a little bit of a woo direction if you're like down, right? But oh, like, I'm down. I am down, baby. <laughs> I mean, there are some things where it's like your brain can actually see it, right? Like you don't need to like go into any ethereal realms to get there, right? But like one of the gifts that I realized I had is like, even actually with clients, I can start to trace the energetic signature of a thought. And sometimes I catch like, this is from the mother's line or this is from the father's line. And I don't know how else to explain it, but to open your mind up to this is possible. It's possible that I could start to feel into the energetic signature of where this comes from. And I'll know it's interesting. I'm like, this is a little bit of a left turn, but I'm in a psychic development course right now. And so much of it is just trusting your feeling and what's coming through. And it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm feeling it feels like uncle energy. It feels like father energy. And that's what psychics do. They just know how that like that energy feels in their body. And they're just tracking what that is. And if you think about what anyone's doing with their intuition, they're just sensing, right? 
And psychism is just understanding how to read that sensing, right? So like all of us have psychic powers. And if you really start to, if you take it out of your brain and you're like, this belief about money, this belief about work, this belief about a woman's place in society, this isn't mine. I can tell it doesn't have the texture of something that is mine or that I would consciously choose to believe. And I think for some of this, it's like, it almost doesn't matter where it comes from. You can just get rid of it. But in this particular program that I'm a part of, we will go into some of these beliefs and we'll go into different embodiment work. So it would be like me on a camera gazing at someone else and it like the like the person leading the facilitation would actually call like allow this energy to take shape in your body and i would like witness it i literally have seen people like shape shift it's like i see them almost become their grandmother it's fucking wild right and then it's like walking through like where have you felt this belief seven generations right like just can you feel it and just them just evoking that in a space that's like designed to be a spiritual space where we've opened up a field you become aware of things that you were never aware of before. And I've had some of like the most powerful transformations, like for me and my, like things that I was resentful about, right? Cause so many of us, it's like, I'm like mad at my mom for giving me this belief about women or something. Right. But it's like, when you do this work and you recognize how many generations it goes back, you, you have compassion for you. You have compassion for your grandmother. Like you start to see nobody wanted this. They've just been passing the casserole down the generations. And when you can step outside of that, I do think it's like, it's a normal first step to maybe start to feel resentful or like mad. It's, it's, you're allowed to be mad, right? But I do think there's this like more spiritual component to the work where we realize we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And we just start to look at these fabrics and crisscrossing of time and space and mythology that's just been passed on and on and on down the line. And then when you're a spiritual being just watching that happen, you're like, oh, baby girl, I love you. And I know you got a wild mom, but we love her too. And you're like, whatever the things are, and you just start to see it for what it is. Like everyone's just doing the best they can with the tools they have. Yes, I absolutely agree. And I think too, like when you kind of start this journey, exactly like how you said, I think a lot of us listening in here here today are going to be our our first instinct is going to go look at our mom and who is really the symbolism, especially if we look at the archetype of the mother, she's very, especially within our current world, she's definitely that symbolism of all of that wounded energy. And so it's so easy for us to default um, to blaming her, blaming the the archetype of the mother just and and seeing that and seeing that within ourselves and blaming that within ourselves too. So I'm curious like you know, I think when anybody listening now they're probably like on the very kind of very beginning of being able to take that um self responsibility really of being able to kind of like look at that within themselves, being able to have compassion not only for themselves but you know, maybe their parental figures or whoever it is that symbolizes that wounded masculine archetype to them. Like when I think about like that wounded masculine energy, like I think a lot about my father and for many, many years, I just blamed him for not being there, et cetera, all that kind of thing. Right. So it's just so easy for me to kind of find that one person who really represents all of these um, unhealed parts of the world and just not be able to take that like little bit of time and responsibility for us to reflect on 
A, how blaming them is actually hurting us at the end. So I'm curious, like, what you would have to say for somebody who may be struggling, just kind of taking that step of being able to come out of, um, out of the forest or like out of the trees to be able to look at the forest or whatever. I, I butchered that that saying, but you know what I'm talking about. It's interesting because it's like what we're sort of talking about is just like at any point we're looking at like what is what is like this sort of mythology that has been passed down over time with family. But I think we could even talk about like blame as an energy. Right. Like we, we just live in a society where it's like, oh, that happened. That's this. This is why it's like and my kids even ask, like, whose fault is that? And I have to say, like, hey, maybe we don't need to always be like assigning blame. <laughs> like and what if the idea of like blame is optional? Right. And I, I do think it's really interesting because like I don't want to say that I never go to blame. Like for sure, I'm a human. But the more of this work that I've done, it's just like oh, okay, like, that's just what happened. And now I get to decide how I want to respond to it or how I want to be in relationship to it. But having the energy of blame will only ever put me in like the victim's position. And that doesn't feel great. Right. And so it's like, when you get when you can get to the point of like, just a matter of fact, these are the facts of what happened, I don't have to choose to like it. And I do think there are some experiences where it's like, if you have been the victim of assault or something like there, there are actual victims in the world, right? I'm not saying that that doesn't exist as a thing, but like that in so many of our interactions, it's sort of like, well, look at what happened to me. This is just the way I am because of what happened to me. And I remember I was like talking to um, a, a woman at a party recently, and she'd been in like a lot of therapy and she was raised in like, a, her mom was super highly anxious. And so I was like, just sharing some somatic tools. She hadn't done any sort of somatic work. And then she was like, oh, so what's interesting is like, what you're saying is that like, you understand what happened to me and why I am this way, but you're saying I can change. Whereas like in therapy, like she just been like sort of understanding again and again, why she was the way she was, but like not changing. Right. So she just been in the energy of like, now I'm just going to like blame and be mad at my highly anxious mom because now I have a hypervigilant nervous system. And it's like, Hey, listen, <laughs> you have a hypervigilant nervous system. You don't have to like be excited about it, but it really isn't helpful to sit around just blaming your mom all the time and thinking like, what was me? It's sort of just like, okay, this is the body I've been gifted. This is like who I co-regulated with. And this is just what I have now. But I also believe that I'm like really powerful and that that can shift. And so I do think if, like, I don't want to say like, don't ever allow yourself to blame, but work on starting to purge it from, from even being a place your mind goes to. I do think, especially when you're just starting this work, it can be healing to be like, oh, this wasn't my fault. Cause we often, cause here's the thing. We have been oftentimes blaming ourselves. Like what's wrong with me? And then there's like this phase where it's like, oh, it's not anything's wrong with me. They're the problem, right? And then we're like blaming. And, and then it feels like there's a third phase we can get to where it's just like, no, blame. We don't need to be like shame and guilt are optional. Blame is optional. This is just what we're working with. And how do we want to move forward? Yes, I think that's so incredibly helpful. And I, I I think that's so good, such good advice for anybody beginning out on this journey. But it's something that I think even somebody who's very deep into mindset or somatics or things like that continues should continue to come back to again and again and again. So thinking about like 
something that I really, um, really appreciate about you is being able to um, utilize all of the tools in your toolbox to continue to um, what I would say, like rewrite your own personal mythology. And that's kind of like what I'm all about here. But like, I would love to know what you would say to somebody who is on that process. Like maybe they're not in the beginning anymore. We're moving on down, you know, the pipeline and whatnot. And they're doing the process of kind of not only seeing like that, those stories that are deep within their bones, they're doing like, they're being able to see it. They're act now they're actively trying to rewrite their own personal mythology. They're trying to change their day to day and how they view themselves within their day to day um, and things like that. And I, I would love to, just because I know you work with so many people who are kind of in that middle phase of being able to start to do that. But there's a lot of times where they're just not allowing themselves to embody those archetypes. Like maybe they go through, and I would love to know what you think about art. I'm layering in a lot of questions here. So if we need to come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If we need to go back and reparse, we could do that. <laughs> I'm just like, let me shove all the things at Catherine, and then she'll be able to decipher what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, let's, let's you're like someone who's sort of in the middle of like rewriting the story or whatever, right? I think one thing there, if you're like in the middle of like really rewriting your story, um, to recognize that the universe is going to test you. There's going to be things along the way. And oftentimes it's like, we'll we'll start on a path and we'll get some quick wins. And then it feels like we sort of reach this threshold where it's like, we don't, we're sort of in the middle in between who we used to be and where we're going. And we're not quite there yet. And we don't know where the other side is. It's like walking through the woods in the dark. Right. And, and you're going to have to decide, do I like continue to trust where I feel like I'm going and walk through the dark and trust there's another side or, I mean, I think it's funny. A lot of people try to go back, but it's sort of like, once you leave, the shore, you can't ever just go back, right? And so I have seen so many points with people where it's like they're right before a huge breakthrough that would completely shatter and transform something about them, like who they are as a people, how they perceive themselves. It's like they've been sort of, um, it's like they've been like starting to see the water and they're like finally able to see it and they're like about to jump out. And then it's like they they feel there's like this thing that comes upon them and it's it's like, don't do it. And I would say it's like the ego, right? It's like your own identity for sure does not want to die, right? And so it's going to like, it's going to be super clever and how it positions itself to you to like, don't go that way. I actually have a client in my scaling mastermind. So this happens at every level, right? Like this is a person who's like doing quite well in business, but it's at a point where she's going from sort of working with a certain set of clients to be taking up a lot more space in the world and really leading a community. And it's bringing up all her shit around, like not being chosen as a little kid and being a lone wolf and all of these things. And she said on our call this past week, she was like, this is the first time in years this past week, I thought about just quitting my business. And, and that's like someone who's sick, right? Like she's has a track record of success, but she's on this threshold where on the other side of this, she lets go of all of the narrative of all the time she wasn't chosen when she was little, all the time she was hurt. Like it's everything that will allow her to step into being the leader of a community rather than like the lone wolf that just like doesn't get chosen. So she'll just be on her own. Right. And like what comes right at that threshold is maybe I should just quit my business. 
All right. And it, it was so fascinating. And what I offered to her, I'll just offer here and everyone who's listening, your thing will look different. It might not be that threshold, but just recognize when there's a thing where it's like, oh, I should definitely not do this. And it will almost feel urgent. Like definitely don't go, don't keep going. Um, but what I offered to her is there was like the guy that was a, the pilot that broke the sound barrier. He was like the first person to ever like fly fast enough to break the sound barrier. Like the quote he had was like, the plane shakes the most just before you break the sound barrier, right? And so it was like, no one had ever broken the sound barrier because every other pilot was like, <laughs> you know, like they were starting to rev and, and move, but the plane started shaking and they got scared. So they stopped, right? And so he was like, but what happens if I just allow the plane to shake and I keep going? Right. And he was the pilot that broke the sound barrier. And so I think for so many of us, this, it's such a beautiful analogy because it is like you will feel like you're driving in a plane and it's shaking the most and you're fucking trembling and you're so scared. And it's because you're about to break a barrier into like a completely different way of being for the rest of your life. I promise you. Yes. And so many things that you were just kind of talking about there reminds me so much um, of the hero's journey, which was popularized, of course, by the mythologist uh, Joseph Campbell. But it just reminds me of being able to have like a catalyst in your life and where you have to move forward. You ha you cannot move back into that old identity that you were talking about. And there's going to be so many trials and tribulations that come up. But really, what's the most difficult is what comes up from within. Yes, external, external circumstances can make things very difficult but what makes you want to turn back is like the monster from within and so like you know, coming from inside the house <laughs> yeah yes exactly like the dragon is not like the external like figure or somebody else the dragon is within you that you've got to slay and move forward and move past and so i think it's just so interesting because i think at any level we're i mean we're all on a hero's journey we are all like the hero of our own story i truly believe that and i think that this this cycle just kind of happens again and again and again like yeah. yes you may kind of like continue to get more successful or go farther along in your goals or whatever it is but you're going to always kind of have to come up against like that dragon from within and be able to go back because you're going to want to go back to your old identity and it's very tempting to yeah and i, I mean i think a lot of people sort of choose right how many people like we could talk about new year's resolutions right like they set them and they say they're going to and then they get started on they're like, oh, actually, I don't know, right? And I, I do think it's interesting because a lot of times those are more like behavioral goals, but like what is always at play is like they don't have an identity that supports the new behavior that they're wanting to like move forward with. So for anyone listening, this really is identity work. And if there's some change you're wanting to make in your life to really think about the identity of like who that version of you is that has the thing that you know you're being called to move towards. Yes. And I think that segues so perfectly into your own work with archetypes and goddesses and energy and things like that. Because as we talk about forming your own identity, I think so many people just out in the collective just feel like their identity is something that was chiseled into stone by society, their parents, their teachers, etc. But we have the power to be able to craft our own identity and to be like, literally, tomorrow, I could be a very different person. Like, Yes, I was a very different person than yesterday because I chose that, right? And so I would love to kind of know all of the tools that are in your toolbox that you would suggest to kind of be able to craft like that your own identity. 
Yeah. Well, it's interesting because it's like, in some ways, it's like we have like, yes, you get to do whatever it is that you want to do. But I do believe in the soul. And I do believe that like, yes, we can get started on crafting our own identity. And if it's out of alignment, like it will still feel off. And so in some ways, I actually don't really think we have free will, right? So I'm just like, it feels like for whatever reason, my soul just came here to be this person in this lifetime. And I just remember like surrendering to that. Because there were certain things where it was like before I, I mean, like for anyone, I'm a little bit wacky and weird. Monica called me an enigma, but like growing up, I was sort of conditioned to have the parts of me that were like really palatable to society, which like, I'm super smart. I'm super strategic. I was voted most intellectual in my high school class. Like all of that was like cultivated very deeply. And I'm like, oh, that part of me can come forward. And that part of me can be seen. And I spent like a career in tech and business development and business strategy. And that was rewarded. Right. But then there was like all of these other parts of me that I, I am, I'm, I'm quirky. I, I've got like a little child that lives inside of me that's a little bit like, I don't know, like a mischievous fairy. And then I have like an old man inside of me that loves like, I don't know, Vanguard investments in real estate. And I have like this god, this juicy goddess that loves like luxuriating and bubble baths and style and aesthetics. And like when I started to realize it's like, I don't necessarily think that was me deciding. <laughs> I think that was just like, who's inside here? <laughs> like, who is just genuinely inside of me and has always been inside of me? And if I really look at it, like I, I turn the volume down or I put those parts of me in boxes, but they've always been wanting to come online and just trusting for the hero's journey that I'm meant to go on, which is just, if I follow my desire of what I want to do, there's going to be different parts inside of me that are the hero for different chapters. Yes, I I love that so much. And I think too, like we, it's so easy for us to kind of like niche down, whether it obviously like that's very popular in business, but I think even just in other aspects of life, like I, I, you know, we adapt those um, labels that we call ourselves. Like I'm a mom, I have to act like a mom. These are all the boxes that we put ourselves into and we think we can only act from those, but there's, we're too complex to be able to fit into a cookie cutter. And we're, our, our journeys are too complex to only embody one label or like a few handful of labels that are palatable to everybody else. Um, and I think that's just what's so interesting. And what I personally, what I really learned from you was to be able to like, love and recognize all of the different parts of me that wanted to come out and let them come out regardless of whether or not it made sense or whether people online would get it because I sure I I remember when I um first joined your orbit like I was like one of the people that was asking I'm like I think I'm actually too weird to be online like at all in general like I think anything like anything that I have right is like too like they're two completely opposite sides because Personally, for me, like for so many, so many years, I was so obsessed with history and mythology. But then there was another part of me that was so obsessed with psychology and mindset and self-development. And I'm like, well, those are two different things. I had like two different Instagram handles. It's like I, I literally like cut myself like right down the middle. And I'm like, OK, this this half lives in a silo and then this half lives in this silo. 
And I think something that I learned from you was that like, oh, I don't actually have to silo myself out. I'm way more interesting if like I can put my body back together again. Like I could put those pieces back together again. And if somebody doesn't get it, they're, you know, they're welcome to hang around until they do. But, you know, it's something so healing for me because it's like me being able to put um, both of those aspects not only just out onto the marketplace, out into online or whatever, but me just accepting both of those within me has been so incredibly healing. And I think you embody that well yourself. I mean, it took work. But I think it is just like, and to also recognize for anyone that's that's listening to this, because so often, like, and Monica's in my branding program, so, so she knows this, but like, I can't tell you how many people they are like, these parts of me don't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Like, there's this thought that like this, like this part of me doesn't make sense. So I shouldn't show it. And I'm like, almost always that is your secret sauce. And to what Monica's talking about right now about like, oh, I cut these things. I had two different handles. I expressed them differently in different places. And like to bring them together, Monica doesn't know this, but I was just doing some planning for my branding program for 2024. And I want to start bringing in, like, I, I think we're going to do a thing called like art class. And every month we're going to have like a, an expert on something come teach a class. And I literally wrote down in my book, you're the only accelerator member that, that went down in my book. But I was like, I want Monica to come in and teach about archetypes. Right? So, oh my God. <laughs> I, I love that. It had to be you owning it first. You had to go first so that I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's, it's for me, like, I think being able to bring those together and just realize that like, A, I, I yes, I'm incredibly unique and probably, and I'm also a little bit weird, but at the same time too, I think everybody has aspects that are dying to come together. We have these different archetypes that are dying to be recognized both at the same time. It's almost like, um, like in astrology, like there's like an aspect where, um, like conjunction, like where two planets are kind of like in the same kind of sphere in the, in the world or not in the world, but out in the outer webs Yes, <laughs> and their energies kind of like merge and they like that becomes so much more powerful and potent because they're together and they kind of like let their energies and whatnot merge. And I feel like we all have those bits within us, but we just silo ourselves off so much. But it's like, how much more powerful can we be if we just allow all of these different things to come together? I think that would be incredible. One of the things that's so interesting is like, I'm guessing like if you're working with people like archetypes and like myth, like to just look at like, oh, and what has been maybe stamped out of our culture that if you just like ventured into other cultures, you would see like a lot of other examples of like, um, in the beginning, you you mentioned we might talk about goddesses, but that was for me when I started looking at what is a woman, there's like a very specific way that women in America, like this is what a woman is, right? And if, if we're to look at, the, oh, there's like the virgin and there's the whore, right? Like there's, there's, there's like two, and there's not much in between and, and then I remember like learning about goddess Kali and I'm just like oh like we don't have any representation of a woman in western society that is like goddess Kali and then I just started looking at like so many other sort of indigenous cultures that like had these goddesses that like ate bones and like like these like more primal aspects right like these many faces of the goddess whereas like in the, the culture that I was raised in it was like, oh, you can be hot and sexy or you can be sweet and demure. But like there's so many other aspects of a woman that like just have been completely stamped out of our collective consciousness. 
that is sort of like you have to go back into the mythology of the records of like, oh, no, no, no. Like there's actually like a huge, like there's a myriad number of faces of the goddess. And if, if you're just willing to sort of look at what different cultures and traditions have like shown and showcased of women over time, like it's so much broader than we think it is. And so it's sort of like, if we're asking what we want our identity to be, just recognizing that like you might have a box with like 12 crayons in it based on what your culture is giving to you. When if you go back into the records, there's literally crayon boxes with thousands and thousands of options. Yes, it's almost like a sacred responsibility for us to be able to break out of those very limiting kind of stories that we've just hold on held on to and those limiting kind of like boxes that we've put ourselves into because we just we were put into it when we were five years old. And like for me, I went to Catholic church the first time. And it's like, if you even dared to look outside of that little box that you were in, in, you know, the Catholic world, it's like you were evil. But at that point, like exactly like what you were saying, like being able to look at cultures like outside of your own is a, just a human responsibility that we all need to do in this world. Just period. Um, Just for the good of the collective, but also for the good of you too. So many good nuggets in there. Well, Catherine, thank you so incredibly. I mean, I literally, I could just kind of continue to go on and on and on and on. Um, But I think there was just so many good things in through here. And of course, I'll upload everything to where uh, you can find Catherine. Because if you are in a service-based business, if you uh, even have an inkling of doing that, or if you just want to become like look at like your own brand, like your own personal brand within yourself, even I highly recommend that you go check Catherine out. So Catherine, where can everybody find you knowing that I'll link everything, of course. So I'm mostly playing on Instagram at Catherine Morrison coaching, it's going to be in the show notes. So you will find how to spell my name there. You can also find me on my website, CatherineMorrisonCoaching.com. And if you're listening to this, you like podcasts. So If you have a service-based business, you might enjoy my podcast, which is called Ascension Through Entrepreneurship. You can find it on your preferred podcast platform. If you enjoyed what you heard on today's episode, then I invite you to take this work further and continue the conversation over on Instagram or threads. I'm at monica.frederick.writes on both. And if you're ready to really start the rewriting myth process for yourself and catch up on past episodes and newsletters, then subscribe to my Substack newsletter at monicafrederick.substack.com. There, you can access private chats and resources that I only share with my newsletter subscribers. And you can learn how to work with me directly to help facilitate the rewriting myth process and implement what you learn here on the podcast. Check out the links in the show notes to get started.